Welcome to the Ornithopter Flight Academy. I'm your host, Brendan. Things are a little different this week, though. Uh, Josh has some personal things going on. He is not going to be with us for the next month or two as he takes care of some personal things with his family. Our thoughts are with him. So in the meantime, I thought about bringing on different people. And this week, I have my friend Onique with me. How are we doing today? How's it, go- How's it going, man? Going well. Doing yeah. good. Doing good. I am not so, Josh, so I'm taking over for his spot for a little bit, or at least this episode. Yeah, at least today. Uh, I want to try to get a rotation of people in. Uh, you were the first one when I first started the podcast, so for all the listeners out there, um, I sent the episode to Onique, and I was like, just be honest with me, tell me what you think. He gave me really good feedback, and I said, when I when we first do a guest, I want it to be you. Um, I am number one. Aww. You are the first. You are I the love first. You, homie. <laughs> hey, hey, you know. So, I guess we'll kind of start out with, I guess, before we get into too much. So, you live a couple thousand miles away from me, and yes. we met via Magic Facebook. Yes, social is, media. Yeah, it's it's a very unique place uh, for a lot of the spikier people that listen to this that is that are on Reddit and Twitter and are following all the pros. Uh, Magic Facebook, like if you're in a part of the Facebook groups, it's very arena focused and you get a much larger sample size of a player base from like very casual people to commander players to arena only players that have never played paper. And you're a mod in every group I think I'm in just about how many groups are you moderator in? Three. Three. That's it? Uh, as far as I know, I, I think I'm actually a moderator for one of the, um, uh, like scammer groups as well, but I don't really pay attention to that all that much just because it, it just has low activity. Okay. Okay. So I guess tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into magic, uh, when you got into magic and how you interact with magic. Now, what do you play? What format? Stuff like that. So I, too, am an old school player. I started playing like literally Portal was the entry introductory introductory product for me. That's when I learned how to play Magic. So Portal came around like Tempest and Weatherlight. Um, so what, 98, 97? So I've been playing for pretty much 25 years on and off, not continuously. Um, very casual then. I didn't know what cumulative upkeep meant. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, I'm 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 young. What is cumulative? Like I don't know what that means. Oh, hey, cumulative. Right. I still don't know what that means. Okay. Um, I I don't. It was me, and my brother, his friend who showed us the game, and then like a few other kids from our class. Uh, my brother's a year apart, so like his class and some people from mine. I was like the one who was the most serious about it, and I made this mono black deck that I even know was, I guess. Then was a net deck was literally called Mono Black Suicide. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I built a deck, went to a tournament, uh, and then that's when I got the rude awakening of what rotation was. I had no idea standard rotated. I didn't even know what standard was, and then I found out I couldn't call. I couldn't even part, uh, enter in the tournament. Um, bad days. But, yeah, that, that that sucked. That was a sad day for me. And my, of course, my mom didn't understand, and I had a hard time understanding that bad moon rotated. Oh, what does that mean? I didn't even know a set came out. Um, but 
I still kept playing on and off here and there um, throughout. So like in 2002 is when I joined the military. Uh, and then I started playing uh, then again. And that's when uh, Magic Online came out. I played a little bit online. Um, I was even a moderator for Magic Online way back in the day, too, for maybe like nine months until my deployment. Um, You're just played... permanently an adult. Like, you've permanently been the adult in the room, apparently. Uh, pretty much. Like, I just, I, I love the game. Still do. I know a lot about it, and I just want to help other people how to play. Um, at some point, um, I had some, like, personal stuff going on in my life, and divorce and whatnot. So I pretty much got out of Magic entirely for a time. For maybe, I don't know, four or five years. And then that's when Arena showed up, and I started playing Arena. I was I was in the open alpha actually before the beta. Um, found a Facebook group because I'm a Facebook a lot. Joined the group. I was starting to get a little bit into uh, running tournaments because I just really love tournaments and, and playoffs in general with with sports and whatnot. So I kind of ran my own tournaments. I. The Facebook group that I was in, they made me a moderator to help promote myself. And then from one group to another, I became, I joined another group, became a moderator, joined a third group, became a moderator. Like, I'm kind of, if you are in a Magic Facebook group, you probably know who I am. And I might have muted you at some point. I don't know. <laughs> oh, like, people getting mad at you makes my slow days at work a lot better let me just tell you <laughs> i'm um, not a jerk or anything i'm not a, a mean person but if you're the type that says like this guy should be banned but it's like you know just a basic removal card then i'm going to tell you no you're wrong and i'll probably call you a casual player not as an insult like i'm a casual player at heart like i'm like i play to have fun uh you asked me about like formats or whatnot really i was I for the most for for you know throughout the years when standard was actually the format to play i haven't played any pioneer i haven't played any modern i mean i played extended a little bit back in the day for type 1.5 or 1.x or whatever it was and 1.5 is uh legacy legacy there was a 1.x i think but either way like i i played a little bit of those formats but i didn't care if i win or lost i just wanted to have fun i just wanted to whatever experience that i was having which was almost always positive, I wanted to pass it on to other people. But I always listened to the to, to the tournament grinders, to the ones who went to the you know PTQs and, and, and Grand Prix. Not that I knew a whole lot of people who went to those things, but I was open to hearing and to listening to people with their experiences at the at the higher level that not that I couldn't achieve, that I just had no interest in going there. That's one thing, like, so, like, I mean, in my opinion, the only fun thing about Magic's winning, that's not entirely true, but uh, I'm a very competitive person, and whenever I do something, I very much try to do my best at it and be very competitive. And one thing with a lot of people, you know, especially at your FNM level and down, um, people play Magic for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a guy I was playing, I've drafted with. And I played with him a few times, and he is a good player, just like you were a good player. And he was talking about the standard decks he was building, and no one really holds around standard. Uh, 
War Games North, uh, the store that Josh works at, is working on getting standard going again. So him and I were talking about it. And he goes, I don't like playing modern with the modern players because those guys really care about winning. And I don't. He goes, I built this dragon deck. It's not good, but it's a lot of fun. And so I guess some, one thing like all of us need to remember is this game is massive. We all play the game. We all play the same game in very different ways for very yep. different reasons. And, and there's no like right and wrong um, way to do this. Like being a casual player doesn't make you a bad player. It no. doesn't mean you, you know, it doesn't mean you make the wrong decisions or anything like that. Uh, and being a very competitive player doesn't mean that you're automatically a dick. That people, you know what I mean? That you're automatically, you know, some of the nicest people I've met in the magic community have been players that play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just think it's something that really gets missed. And mostly because on the internet, only the loudest people are heard. And we can't, we sometimes forget that, I think. Yeah. Plus, as, as you know, I guess we both have seen through, at least through Facebook, probably other social media outlets as well. Like I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it much. I just kind of follow certain people and that's it. Um, Facebook is the place where you can literally say anything, even as outrageous as it may seem. And if the group or the community is big enough, you'll have people that will agree with you. No, no matter how no, how obnoxious it is, absolutely. So, so yeah, like, I mean, a, a conversation keeps coming up, coming up as mana weaving, or yeah, team, that you know, Let's 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 you know you skip that. Like on arena, the shuffler is rigged. It it never gives me the right draws, or it you know if you pay money, the shuffler will get you better cards, and like to me, that's. The casual arena players absolutely ridiculous. Like it's, I mean, like it happens on Magic Online online a, a little bit, but less, I think, um, of hearing that kind of stuff. It just, mm-hmm. I don't like. It's I comical want, to me. It's yeah, like, it blows my mind. Like, is this your actual train of thought? Like I can show you, like the 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 arena shuffler. It's. The, the the algorithm is like Fisher Yates something, like that's the program or algorithm or, or method that's used to, to randomize the decks. Yeah, and... they go ahead. Magic, I say Magic's a high variance game. Yes, like you know, like a Reed Duke probably has like a, a fifty seven percent win percentage, maybe sixty percent lifetime, mm-hmm. and he's a Hall of Famer. You know, like it's a very high variance game. If you want to play a low variance game, go play chess. The better player always wins in chess, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't work like that in Magic. That's what makes Magic fun, is you can beat the best players in the world that has kind of that poker aspect. But before yeah. we dive too deep into all that, uh, I kind of want to touch on some news and kind of recap from my week. Um, I did a draft at my local store on Thursday or on Friday. It was a lot of fun, and then last minute, um, my girlfriend's grandpa's really sick so she's going down she's downstate uh spending time with him in his kind of final days and so that that kind of freed up my weekend i don't get to play a lot of paper magic so i looked up some rcqs i actually went and played in a pioneer rcq and i'm really kind of new back into pioneer i haven't played it since winota got banned in june and i just started playing it like a week ago two weeks ago something like that so I went to um, 
Modern Explorers Guild. It's in Midland, Michigan. If you guys are in the area, definitely check it out. Uh, it's a very impressive store. It's not a huge place. It's very clean. Uh, first off, it's a WPN premium store. Uh, and I don't know if you know what WPN, how that all works. Um, but essentially, you have to meet certain requirements by Wizards of the Coast for them to give you that label. And they give you certain like um, rewards for being that. So for example, at this RCQ, two players got a qualification for the regional championship, not one. And they do some other stuff. Um, one of the things I thought was really cool, I was telling you before the show, when you were in the bathroom, uh, they had one bathroom, which is kind of rare in WPN stores. Usually they have two, but because that's how the building was set up already, that they had, um, they just had one and Wizards approved it. But anyways, they just had like a little box behind the toilet that said like, uh, like period products, like take is needed. You know, so when lady players come in, they can feel comfortable at home. The bathroom is really clean, which at a place where there's a lot of magic players is kind of a rarity. Um, yeah, that's nice, though. That's cool. Yeah, it was just it was just like they had a whole play section in the back. The owner, one of the owners was the tournament organizer. His name's Brandon. I got to talk to him for a good 30, 40 minutes. Um, the uh, judge there was super, super great. I'll actually... Uh, I'm hoping for, if everything works out, I should be judging my first event on January 15th, and he will be there as well. So we got to talk, got to know each other a little bit. So that was super cool. Um, I did terribly. <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went one in four. What, uh, um, what deck did you run? I played Lotus Field combo because it's the closest okay. thing I had to complete it in paper. Uh, I kind of had to drive around like my area like an hour in different directions to get all the cards and borrow a couple cards to get it finished. A uh, last sorry, minute. This is Pioneer or Modern? Pioneer. This is okay. Pioneer. And so, yeah, like, do you know how the Lotus Field combo deck works? Is um, it is with a, a, a Kid in Strings or something, isn't it? No. You, so, or is that a different format? That, that's, I think that's, is that I think Modern? That's modern. So the way it works is essentially you want to use Lotus Field and Thespian Stage to generate a lot of mana using the card Hidden Strings, which lets you untap two lands for one and a blue. Isn't that what I said? Hidden Strings? Oh, I thought you said something else. No, you're oh, correct. Okay, that's what, yeah. Um, and, and then eventually you just do like a massive expansion explosion or something, right? Uh, you do. Just... Now you cast Emergent Ultimatum. You might be familiar from when that card was in Standard. Yeah, you... that's um, you get, immersion you, does chess guy sultai sultai okay you search for uh at three monocolored cards your opponent chooses you get to put two of them into play you shuffle the one of them back in your opponent okay. chooses which one so you create a couple different piles usually including like omniscience and stuff like that to get that going um omniscience a tutor and like leer um and eventually you essentially Cast uh, what's Faya Wishes? Uh, oh, granted, which is the card on Faya Wishes, the explore card. Oh, Reason Power? No, Adventure card. It's the same thing. Faya Wishes is the name of the card, but granted says oh, you can right. grab, a, grab a card from your sideboard or Mastermind's Acquisition. You grab, uh, what's that second sun card? The one that if you cast it twice, you win the game. Yeah, approach. Approach, yeah. So you get approach, you cast it, you find a way to get it that turn. So usually when you cast 
Emergent Ultimatum. Like every game I cast Emergent Ultimatum, I won that turn. Um, it's a lot of fun. I learned a lot. It's kind of a complicated deck. Um, if you play mostly in either Arena or Magic Online, keeping track of mana and thinking about how you're going to do that is not the easiest thing on the planet. Yeah, it does sound like it has a lot of moving pieces to it. Yeah, and just making sure you keep track of everything and doing the math in your head. So I went there as a learning experience. On my 30th birthday, which is January 14th, I plan on playing in a part, uh, another Pioneer RCQ. So I just kind of use this as practice for it. Mm -hmm. And in my personally, lately, I've been trying to, um, like losing sucks, but using them as uh, learning experiences to build myself as a player moving forward is the most important thing. You know, like my record was bad, but I gained a lot of knowledge there and got to meet really cool people and had a really good time. And that's what counts. Yeah, definitely. Just interacting yeah. with people, just learning things along the way. Yeah. yeah. That's, and, that's pretty much why I play Magic. Absolutely. I mean, the community is a huge part of Magic. You know, I've played I played Hearthstone for quite some time. I played the Pokemon trading card game online for a while. But the reason you cut in and out of those games is something happens and it distracts you from that game. The reason people come back to Magic, I think, so much, even... Everyone leaves Magic for a while, it comes back, and it has to do with the community aspect. I mean, granted, it's a really good game, but having that group of friends, uh, the, just the group of people, it didn't be friends, people you don't know. I went to this game store an hour and a half away from my house, didn't know anyone, showed up, registered my deck, had great conversations. I actually had one of my opponents, who was a really good player, uh, just talk about mulligan decisions with my deck after me and if i could have taken a different line in our game and whether or not i made the right decisions and we just sat down and broke it down together and had a really really good discussion and like i be honest with you i don't even know that guy's name like i knew it when <laughs> we sat across from each other like that's it you know it, and it was very very cool uh that's that's the beautiful thing about magic as much as the internet makes it seem like it's a big scary place and everyone's mean, it's really not. There's a lot of great people. So yeah, I mean, there've been so many times where, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I might be looking at something online at work or something, and then someone comes by and said, "Oh, is that is that magic? The game's still around? Oh, I used to play back in the day." Blah 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 blah. And then you just have a conversation of like, when they used to play, and then some, you know, that 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 kind of puts a little bug in their in their mind that like. If this game is still relevant, I enjoyed playing it back then. Maybe I should play it again. Yeah, you know, like not too many. I mean, it's sure it's possible, but not a whole lot of people will, you know, kind of kind of come to the decision on their own to replay Magic without having any kind of interaction with other people who currently play. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They'll have a friend so, or just meet someone who plays, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I should play it again." Yeah, that's kind of uh, so. For my story, how I got back into Magic. Um, I last played in like original Theros block was the last time I played in standard. And I mostly played limited up through like magic origins and then whatever Zendikar block came out that had the first expeditions mm -hmm. that, and I worked, I was living out in Vegas at the time. So we're talking 2015. Uh, I moved home, moved back to Michigan and I worked in bars and nightclubs uh, most of my adult life. So Friday night magic was kind of out of the question. Didn't play for a couple of years, played other games. Magic Arena came out. I jumped on there and played 
pretty consistently up through like uh, like the Nexus of Fate deck was like the big deck. Played a lot of Nexus of Fate. I started out when Goblin Chain Whirler was like the best card to be playing on Arena. Oh yeah, uh, and standard. I don't, I don't remember the exact blocks because it's on Arena. So I played up through the War of the Spark Spark block. A lot of fun with it, and then. I moved from Detroit back up north, didn't have internet anymore. And I'd play here and there and I'd go back to War Games North and I'd randomly do a draft or I'd just show up. Like I just showed up and did uh, Strixhaven pre release because my girlfriend was out of town and I was like, oh, I haven't played Magic in six, seven months. Let's just go do that. And then actually, a good friend of mine passed away last June of 21. And he was like, when we were in high school, we tested together all the time. Uh, we're partners in crime, and he was kind of the centerpiece that held together our magic community. And it reintroduced me to a lot of these old friends. And uh, a couple months after that, I found out my girlfriend was pregnant. And I was like, okay. I need a hobby that's not sports, cars, or golf. <laughs> uh, so I said, I will get back into magic casually and just play commander. And that lasted a month. Um, maybe. Maybe a month and a half. <laughs> the casual was, part <laughs> of it? The casual part, just the casual, and I'm just going to play Commander, and it's going to be, you know, and no, you know, I have a couple thousand dollar paper collection that I'd never play and pay for a subscription and have a podcast now, and I love it. I really do. Uh, Magic's a great hobby. It introduces, you know, thought Magic Oda never met you. Introduces you to a lot of great people. So, yeah. went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, some other stuff coming out. If you play on Magic Online, Vintage Cube comes out tomorrow as a time of recording. Uh, 12 2022. Um, I'm excited for that. Five weeks of Vintage Cube, probably my favorite thing to do on Magic Online, at least for a while. If so, you happen to play Arena, we also have the Arena Cube that's out now until I think the first. Don't January tell me first. that. I can play Arena at work. You shouldn't tell me that because I will play Arena. I'll play Arena Cube when I'm supposed to be selling cars. Um, it don't forget, this still costs like uh, coins or gems or, or whatever. So it's not pretty. That is the cool thing about the Vintage Cube is they gave everyone one free entry into Vintage Cube, like a little um, token that you can exchange. I'm sure it's Phantom, right? Yeah, it's Phantom. Yeah, you don't get to keep um, it. All the cubes um, are Phantom drafts on Magic Online, but that's starting up. And then today we got hit with some news. That apparently is a touch controversial. Yeah, I got mixed feelings about it, but go ahead. Starting with uh, the next set release, which is Frexia All Will Be One, the next standard set release, I should say, you will be able to play with your cards immediately after pre-release. Like the day of pre-release, those cards become standard legal. They become modern legal, legacy legal, whatever. Uh, they all become legal the day they come out. And I personally am really happy about this. Starting with Brothers War, they changed it before stores could only sell sealed boxes and whatever the equivalent of fat packs are, whatever they call them these days. I think bundles. Bundles, yeah. Um, so you can, they changed it in Brothers War that you could sell individual packs, which is really good for the stores. I was happy about that. And from a store perspective, I think this is really good. Because they can, the singles they buy the day of pre release, they can sell immediately. 
they don't have to wait for them to become legal because beforehand you could list them on TCG player, but if the set came out on the first or pre-releases on the first and the set came out on the ninth, you couldn't sell or ship the card until the ninth. So now they can move them right away. And I overall think it's a really good thing. I'll let you give your opinion on it. And I guess we can talk about it a little bit afterwards. I do like the idea that once you have a card, you could play with it. Um, because I think the pre-release is on the 3rd. Well, it says officially this means that tabletop tournament legality is tied to pre-release and that Phyrexia all will be one, cards will be legal for play in all, turn- in all formats starting February 3rd. So, like, it- as soon as you open up packs, you can start playing with them. It's just... Sorry, I'm, like, stuttering. So the pre-release... What's special about it at this point? Like, why, why, what are we? What's a pre-release? That's just a release at this point. You know, if you can, if you can buy, you know, single packs and, and just single cards and ship them out to whatever. It's not really a pre-release event anymore. It's just sets out. You know, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a bit odd. It, it, to me, it doesn't it doesn't feel unique or special anymore. Like I'll still attend pre-releases, of course, but. I don't know. If, if, it feels odd. I agree to a point. If they still did release events, because uh, as some of the younger kids might not know, back in the day, you had a pre-release on a Friday or Saturday. and or usually It used to be, way back when, it was on a Saturday, and so you do a midnight pre-release. Did you ever do those? Yeah, I did. I did, I did it once or twice, but I have. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Friday night you play FM, you guys all go get Taco Bell or whatever, and then you come back and you draft or do a seal to the new set till like five in the morning, four or five in the morning. And then the next week it would be release week or release weekend, and that was another event. And it was just like pre release again, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, was it still sealed? And, uh, most of the time I think it was sealed. Maybe some places did draft. I think it was okay. up to the store. I can't quite remember. Um, but then when the game days and the they do game days and another thing now, the store championships for each set became a thing that got rid of the releases. And so, I mean, pre-release is still the first chance you get to play with the new cards. And I think that will always be special. Um, and for new players, it probably makes a lot more sense. Let's just say you started playing Magic, you walk in a game store, and you open up some cards, you play a sealed, and then you go to play that Saturday at the same game store, and they're like, yeah, you can't play with any of those cards you just got yesterday. I can see how there can be like negative connotations there to like the new casual player. And overall, I think it's a positive. I think part of it's... First off, Magic players will get mad about anything. like Because they like yeah. you have like a reasonable answer. Everyone online is just going crazy. I saw a bunch of people posting like, well, how are they supposed to get cards? It's going to make them, these cards super hard to get for tournaments and stuff like that. And I mean, I guess if you're going to go play in a 5K the next day, sure, it, it <laughs> might be. But like, also, no one's had experience with those cards. So you don't even know what's going to be good. It's all just going to be theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost wonder if part of this, too, because it comes out in the third and the pro tours the week the last weekend of the month. So I almost wonder if they did it to have people another week of legal play with the cards leading into the pro tour. I don't know how much that came into it. Um, 
I can't so, imagine really factoring that much anyway, because once you have the cars in your possession, you're so you're going to start immediately place testing, uh, you know, with your with your play group. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, as far as the pro tour goes, I imagine whatever they want to play test with as soon as the set's spoiled, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have it all uh, proxied up and played with and yeah, theory crafting and and whatnot, experimenting. I am super excited. Like back in the day, pro tours happened right after set release. Like usually it was like the weekend after. Um, or two weeks. That's not familiar, yeah. And I, I think it was so, yeah, I think it was like maybe closer to two weeks. So like all the new brews came out of the pro tour, all the best players. And even though this is a pioneer uh pro tour, it's gonna be two, three weeks afterwards. The the metagame, you know, if this set has any effect on it, it's still gonna be pretty wide open. So that's gonna be exciting to see. Uh, I'm excited for, for that aspect. But yeah, no, I think I think overall this is positive. A lot of times, I think it's going to take players a while to get used to the fact the pre-release is going to be different. And it's not the first time they've changed it. You know, they've changed it where online and arena got it first, and they changed it where paper got it first. So they took the simplest line between A and B. Just found the simplest solution. All the cards are legal the day you can open them. And I think that just logically makes the most sense. I think all three or more like so paper arena and online all three should have the exact same timeline exact same release dates i think that should i for me that's the easiest thing to uh work with because like imagine you know because for a while arena was ahead by a week or so that you could start playing you know with the new standard cards but in paper you couldn't i i suppose this announcement would be a fix for that but the fix that i was thinking of is just push back arena by a week to where the release date is the release date but now the pre pre-release date is a release date which is uh to me it's it's i know it's an easy concept to understand but i guess i'm just so used to the pre-release feeling special and unique to where you can play with the cards immediately it sounds a bit odd although i think that's what it used to be like several years ago though i don't like, think so it's a, it's always been a week after pre-release it's always been like that, except on Arena, I think it changed so you could play it right away in Standard. So you could play Standard on Arena before you could in Paper. And so them kind of unifying all this. And pre-release, since they got away with like the release thing, where you had like a release party. Mm-hmm. Um, or launch party, yeah. Yeah, like re- pre-releases haven't made a whole lot of sense to me in the aspect that like they're still special because the first time you get to play with the cards, but it's the only thing that made them special. Like, it's just, so I'm fine with it just being one event now. And I think it's better for the LGSs, and that's what makes the community move. So anything that positively affects the LGSs, I'm all for. Even yeah. if it's going to take some time for me to adjust. This is a good thing for LGSs, as you said, because they can actually sell the product that they have on the shelves. Um, I think my personal thing that I need to kind of fix with myself is just to let go of the phrase pre-release or at least to modify the definition of it to myself to where it's it's essentially it's just a release now like you 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 can still do a, a draft or a sealed most likely sealed for the first week just how you could normally do it like it doesn't it doesn't really affect me in any formats that i play because i'm pretty much arena anyway um but I, I just have this, uh, just I guess, an attachment to what it used to be, to where I just need to let it go and just kind of go with it. Because in the end, it's not that 
big of a deal anyway. If anything, yeah. like said, is a good thing as opposed to a bad thing. There's yeah, the really nostalgia no, factor. Yeah, there's nothing bad about this period. It, there's really not. It's just the nostalgia factor. You know, it's going to kind of get changed and like for the older player base. And as much yeah, as like, I, yeah, like I think a lot as much as we kind of get mad that uh, Wizards focuses on new players and um, getting new players and stuff like that. But like getting new players in is what builds the game. Yes. And then this is just some math from you from uh, I've known multiple people that own stores. But on average, and this changes with where you live and whatnot. But if you're selling packs, uh, like booster packs for like five bucks a piece, okay, mm-hmm. the store makes about twenty dollars a box profit. Like the profit margins on sealed products is really small. Some places it might be a little bit more, but it, they're still not making a bunch. So give them the ability, you know, if they take in a card for forty percent and sell it for a sixty percent profit, that is very. Um, that's going to help them a lot. And coming out of the pandemic and people going back to the stores, there's a lot of stores. Uh, I'll give an example of uh, Pandemonium Games. It's a store down in the Detroit area. For a long time, that is where States was in Michigan, and that's where the PTQs were. Like back before it was PPTQ and PTQ, back when it was just PTQ, mm-hmm. that's where you went. That's where I played at my first PTQ. I was down there for Thanksgiving weekend, and I was like, man, I haven't been there in forever. I'm going to give them a call, see what their FNF is. And they just don't hold paper events because of COVID anymore. They just haven't. Mm-hmm. They have just adjusted their business model to wow. not do that anymore. And this isn't like, like a small mom and pop shop. I mean, it is, but it's not, you know, just a whole, like this place used to hold very large tournaments. You know, like a hundred plus people, a couple hundred people. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so to see that happen um, really made me realize how much this has affected a lot of stores. So I guess I'm beating the dead horse, but it makes the stores' <laughs> lives better. So yeah, I'm I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm for it too. I, I just, I mean, this is like literally day one. We've we've had this news really for like eight hours or so. So it's just we're still digesting. At least I am. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And there's. When things change, it's tough. Uh, yeah, especially... but this is also like a month and a half from now. So I'll, I'll, to me, like by the, you know, by next week, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's a normal thing. Right, right. And uh, yeah, we're all very emotionally attached and invested in this game. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, we'll move on a little bit. We'll get into talking about uh, how you started organizing tournaments. And just for the listeners at home, I played in one of your tournaments for a while. I had to drop out because my girlfriend was pregnant and very sick at the time, and I just couldn't dedicate the time. So the tournament I played in was a team historic brawl tournament. So the way it worked is there was teams of three. You didn't have to have a team. You would make one for us like you did for mine. Yep. Um, And my team went through a lot. Like By the end of it, I don't think there was any of the original players in there, maybe one. Um, Well, I mean, it was a team of three, so... If there's one original play, oh, one original, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, like I think everyone else, like I had to drop out, and then one of my teammates just straight got booted from the tournament from causing issues. Uh, that and, sounds familiar. Uh, being very, uh, just being inappropriate. You said you'd kicked him out of another tournament before, and he came into this one. And oh, yeah. Um, 
he lied to me about about something. It was just very deceptive. I'm actually looking. I still have a spreadsheet of that. Yeah, we won't say his name out loud. Don't want to like throw anyone under the bus or anything. And yeah, you to... play, you played uh, Raw Storm Conduit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, my favorite thing to do on Arena is play. Yep. Uh, historic Brawl. That is usually when I jump on, I play that or Limited. But anyways, how many teams total do you have if you have the spreadsheet pulled up? So I have multiple spreadsheets. So I I enjoy participating in tournaments. I don't really care if I win or lose. Um, but I'm also just kind of a generic sports fan. I mean, I follow a little bit with the NBA. I was huge into the World Cup. Uh, my team is Netherlands, which lost to the now current champions of Argentina. Um, but I've always been fascinated by any kind of tournament or playoff structure. Um, we talked about it a bit, how you're, you know, you're a Lions fan and how your team has to, I think your, your situation right now with, with the Lions right now is kind of perfect to where you said that you, your team has to win like two more games, but you also need to make sure that um, uh, Minnesota doesn't win or something like that. So I was like, reading about it. So Minnesota has the division locked. So it's okay. like we can't even, but we if we win this week, we go up into the eighth seed. We're the ninth seed right now, mm-hmm. um, and then the team above that because we're playing the eighth seed this week. I think. Okay. Or um, no, we're not playing the eighth seed. We played the eighth seed, but they're playing a a really good team, so they're likely to lose. So if we win, we have a chance to jump up, and the team above them is also playing a really good team. So if things go our way, we might stumble our way, knock on wood, into yeah. the playoffs for the first time in forever. So that sort of stuff fascinates the heck out of me. I love looking into these things. Um, I love, like, I guess, like it's almost a science behind it. I mean, clearly it's all math, but I love also the, the science and, like, you know, fingers crossed that the other team flops and, you know, they get the, they get the L. So, and if you guys get a dub... Then you move up. I love that sort of stuff, and I wanted it applied within Magic too. Um, like, of course, Magic. If, if you've been to any tournament, we all know that it's Swiss, uh, and then it cuts the top eight, and then it's you know single elimination, sometimes double, whatever the case may be. Um, but even with like Swiss tournaments, you know that if you go like X and two, or, or I guess X and three, depending on the size of it, you probably don't. You probably have a much better idea of do I have a chance for top eight. You know, can can I at least you know get some sort of cash prize or, or whatever it is? Can I do top sixteen at least? I have a shot. Uh, do I have a shot? How about my tiebreakers? I I love that sort of stuff. Um, and I wanted to apply it to Magic. So with the Facebook group, with the Arena group, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to hold my own tournaments because Arena doesn't have any kind of tournament mode at all. Um, I did dabble a bit with mtg melee i actually did talk to brad nelson for a little bit because he was trying to uh because he he pretty much owns that whole thing um but for me to be a tournament organizer through melee he said that i have to have like a paypal event uh, a paypal thing connected to it or a patreon or or, or a wpn which is wizards play network uh there's a few things that i had to do that i I couldn't do just because I'm just a solo dude, just with a passion. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I, let me just figure out how to run these events. And I just literally did it by hand. As I mentioned before, I just have a Google spreadsheet to where I just typed in everyone's names who had interest in it. 
equals to the, I, the first event I think was standard. Um, free entry for for whoever had interest in it. And I had people from all over the world like saying, like I mean, mostly for, from the United States, but I had a guy from Peru. I had a guy from uh, Germany. I had a guy from um, uh, uh, Singapore. Like, from all over. So time zones were a concern. But I kind of tried to figure it out. So I just ended up doing round robin in different groups, you know, where everyone plays everyone. And overall, the tournament was successful. People, you know, found their opponents. They scheduled with themselves of the times that, you know, it worked out for them. And then I'm like, okay, that was cool. I guess I did it for free. People trusted me to where I can actually run a, a decent tournament. So let me step it up a bit. Then I think I did like historic. Then I eventually did the brawl one. Uh, and then it, was, it wasn't just one-on-one brawl, as you said. It, I tried to take it to the next level and do teams, three versus three, where it's a giant, like a tic-tac-toe, best-of-nine thing, like team drafts do and, and you know, how, how they go. Um, yeah, that, that was odd. There had to have been like six, was it 30-some players, 60-some players? There, oh, let me pull up the spreadsheet. No, it was more. I had... I think total of, well, I capped it at some point, but I think I had, to, yeah, I had 90 players total. So 30 teams of That's three, crazy. Yeah, 30 teams of three players each. So 30 teams, then I split them up into three groups. Like, this is called ABC. Oh, I actually, in the end of You did the, El- El- the Eldrazi. Yeah. Yeah. Kozilek, Ulamog, and Emrakul, uh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it was round robin between all of them. Initially, I tried to do with weeks. Like, you know, week one, you play ABC. Week two, you play DEF. Week three, you play GHI or whatever. I think I missed the letter. Um, but that eventually became like, my opponent's here ready to go. Why can't I play them? Right. Um, so I'm like, you know what? To heck with it. Just play. Just, just play. Just make sure you get all your your your, your games in, in in like two weeks time or whatever. Um, for the most part, that was successful. Some teams have just faded into nothingness, uh, and they just never really responded to anyone. So we had like active players saying, "Okay, I, I've sent a DM to each member, and they haven't responded yet." So I just handed them, you know, W's for the, for sure. L's to the ones who didn't show up. Uh, yeah. But then from there, I even did like I, you know, I cut to the top eight, which top eight in three groups. It was literally did you know two from group A, two from group B, two from group C, and then the best two teams of all the third place teams, which is I guess your wild card bracket. Like I went deep in this whole thing. Yeah, then, how long? It lasted a couple months, right? It lasted longer than I wanted to, because I was trying to be generous with people's uh, people's time, to where like okay, well I. I you know, you are busy, you have interest in playing, you're, you're talking to me, talking to the players. So I gave him a little bit more time, but I also realized that literally delayed the other 70 players or so. So I realized I, that was kind of ultimately an, a very unhealthy thing to do. But it worked out overall, I think it was a success. Yeah, there's, but, a, there's a lot of good feedback. I mean, I played in it for the first month or so and like i said my girlfriend was just too sick i couldn't dedicate the time i didn't want mm-hmm. to take up other people's time i was starting to fall behind and so i just i reached out to you i said i have to step away i felt really bad about it 
Um, but like, I, kudos to you. I've seen people struggle run sixty-four player tournaments in person where you can physically see everyone, and you manage to run a ninety-person team tournament across the globe. Yeah, I, you know, like there's people from Australia I know of that played. Uh, one of my teammates at the time was from Australia, uh, and, and you just made it work. So. Uh, hats off to you. I think it was a big success. And Thank there's you. even, uh, like, like I told you, I was telling you last night, like my buddy Jimmy played in one of your standard tournaments, um, yeah. like standard historic, you know, and he lives 15 minutes away from me, 15 minutes south of me. And we play FM together sometimes and stuff like that. And just realizing that, you know, both of us know you was kind of funny. Um, and so this really, you know, with tournament magic back on the rise. Uh, this is really, really, really cool. I think so. I play a lot of, I don't play a lot of, but play a fair amount of legacy and I really follow that community and legacy and vintage aren't super supported by wizard anymore. It mostly exists on magic online. Right. But, uh, there's a tournament in Ohio called the Buffalo chicken dip. (laughs) And the story of the, what happened was. A guy started, he'd make buffalo chicken dip, and his buddies would come over, and they would play Legacy, okay? Okay. And it was like kind of like a weekly or monthly thing, and started inviting more and more people over. Now, this last time, they rented out a floor at a brewery that was also a hotel. Oh. They cap it at like 100-some players, people flying from all over to come play this tournament. It's 100% proxy-friendly. And it's a big thing, but it's completely community ran. And That's at the cool. end of the yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, we can get as mad as we want at Wizards and like whatever, but like us, the players, what keeps this game going? Um, yeah. And so, take you taking that, and also, I think the biggest downfall of Arena, especially Arena, into a point Magic Online, but definitely Arena. Is there's not the gathering part. You can't talk to your opponent. There's no chat box. There's no, you know, I've played Magic Online games. Um, I played a Magic Online game against a guy named Pete, and we started chatting back and forth. And I've mentioned him on the show before. Him and I became Twitter friends, and we message each other on Twitter, different deck lists. He plays the Modern Challenge quite a bit, usually does pretty well. I've copied his deck list before to go play FM or other tournaments. So it's possible there, but in Arena, you're just playing against a name, you know, there's, there's nothing else there. And you kind of found a way around that to really bring the gathering part to arena and uh, kudos to you. I think that's super awesome. Do you plan on doing more events in the future? I know. Actually. Yeah. I've had the bug lately again, because of the world cup. Um, because I mean, I don't think you're a soccer person, but if anyone kind of is, maybe, you know, there's like, it's like 32 teams in the World Cup, and they're from 32 to 16 to 8 to 42 to 1. That's just basically your, your regular bracket system. But even before that, you have your whole qualifiers uh, for different countries. Like, you know, like Europe has a, a bunch of countries, um, but not every country has a good enough team to get to the next step. But that's the sort of stuff that I pay attention to. Uh, as far as World Cup, and that's the sort of stuff that I kind of almost even want to recreate in Arena. Like, as you said, there's no communication aspect of Arena. You just have a username, but you can't really send them a message at all. There's no spectator mode. But 
with the stuff that I was trying to organize. Yeah, I had a Discord thing going on too, to where people could stream games if they wanted to. People can message each other, get on voice chat. They can actually have a gathering. They can actually have a bit of a community going on, you know, within themselves. That is part of it. The other part is that, like, I feel like you know, doing a podcast is is a bit of a crowded field. I feel like just box openings is a bit of a, a crowded field. There's there's a lot of content creators that do these sort of things. They make these YouTube videos or their, you know, the, their home brews or whatever the case is. But I don't think there's a big, I guess, market for tournament organizers. And I do feel that I'm really good at it, especially for someone doing it. It was just entirely by hand, entirely by free. I get nothing out of it other than it's fun. So that's why I kind of I went I literally went all in and I did burn myself out of it, which is why I haven't done it in like several months, probably a year at this point. But the World Cup has got me itching to do it again. So I don't know when I want to start up again. It might be early as like two weeks, three weeks from now. But I might limit it to just USA only to where the time zones are a bit more, you know, it's, it's easier to get in, to reach out to people. That would make sense. And definitely. Yeah. Um, so I know we didn't talk about this before, but the Ornithopter Flight Academy will contribute some number of cards or something to the next tournament and be a sponsor oh. for the next tournament you host. So oh. I don't know how much. I'm not saying it's going to be anything super crazy or anything like that. Uh, definitely, I have you know some spicy stuff laying around, but I would definitely uh, I really love what you're doing and helping the community. Want to be a part of that and uh, maybe help the podcast grow and help with what you're doing grow. So I, we will definitely pitch in some stuff and then, you know, what you want to do with it, whether you want to give away to the top players, if you want to do some like random roles for it, you know, where random players get selected to win the prizes or whatnot, we'll throw some singles in there. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to help you out get involved in that. I don't know if I'll be able to play in it. Um, so yeah. Thank you, man. That, that, that means a lot. That like, I'm I'm an emotional guy and my eyes are watering a little bit right now. So that thank you, dude. I, I really appreciate that. No, it's I mean it's awesome. This would you know, that's why I mean the your tournament's how you and I started talking. You know, I was like I yeah. just messaged you. I was like, hey, what's your phone number? Random dude across the other side of the United States. You gave it to me. We talked about, you know, how everything works and you explained things to me. And you made yourself available pretty much twenty four seven to ninety people. You know, so maybe we'll set up, you know, just do uh Cap it at first 32 players with um, X amount of like if people back out and go from there or, you know, however you want to do it. I'll let you handle all that. I so. was literally on my honeymoon in the Maldives sending messages to people trying to update the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, though. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. No, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, yeah, let me know when you want to start organizing things. We'll promote it on the podcast, and yeah. we can we can kind of go from there. So, uh, moving forward, I guess we'll talk about your newest passion and the favorite. So, first off, you should be a social media like marketing person. Uh, you make very engaging content, I think, without meaning to. So, you made a cube based yes. on what's available on Arena, yes. but in paper version, so without the alchemy stuff. Yep, no wow. alchemy, no digital rebalances. Yeah, just, no you know, nerfs or whatever you want to call it. Um 
you put that out there and you put post pics of your um like a pack and be like what's your pick and i think that's yeah. super cool and i always read them someone who enjoys cube and enjoys limited um usually i pick up put up my post isn't or my pick isn't like the quote-unquote correct one but i'm like that looks like a cool card to build a deck around i would probably pick that and hopefully go two and one in three rounds with it yeah so i i think it was dominari not even before dmu um at some point, like I, I've enjoyed drafting, I've enjoyed cubes, um, but I, I don't have any kind of deck. I don't have a commander deck. I don't have a standard or, or pioneer or whatever deck, because, um, like I said, I was mostly a, uh, a arena player. But last year around this time, they had the arena cube, and I knew what cube was already at the time. I was very familiar with cube. I just never. But did it a whole lot because I don't think two years ago I don't know if there was an arena cube. I'm not even so sure if uh, if uh, historic was a thing two years ago. Maybe it was. Um, but I thought the arena cube was cool, and slowly paper magic started to come back. You know, I guess post COVID or, or pandemic or however you want to phrase it. And I kind of wanted to have some cards again, but I didn't really want to play commander. Because I had a bad experience with Commander like 10, 12 years ago. Plus, I know I'm the type of person to where if I do have a Commander deck, it'll just be an, a never-ending uh, upgrade process. Right. Which, Cube is the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it um, sounds a lot cool. Everyone says they have a Commander deck, though. Not too many people will be like, I have a Paper Cube. Yeah. But so, but in, in Cube, like you said, uh, Magic Online has the uh, Vintage Cube. But... I don't want to dig back through 30 years of magic through 25,000 different cards to figure out which, you know, 360 or 540 or whatever number, which cards that I want to have in the cube. That's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of research. That's a lot of money. Um, so, like, how do I narrow it down? Arena. Like, Arena's card pool is big enough. I mean, yeah. people do, do cubes off of standard. Um, but I fi- I figured Arena's Cube is big enough to uh, Arena's card pool is big enough, and I use Arena Cube as as a as a as skeletal frames as a starting point to where okay I could just cut the Arena stuff, cut the stuff that I don't care about, add in some stuff that I like, maybe change an archetype or two based on what I think it's more fun or more interesting or just cool, and I just went from there. So yeah, I, lit- I just recently updated for all this stuff from um, the Brothers War, which even a card as simple as Monastery Swiss Beer, that's, I don't know if it's like a staple in most cubes, but for me, it's not a new card. I mean, for, for everyone else, it's not a new card, but for me, it is. Even nice. though it's a reprint from Khans. Um, Khans of Turkey, right? Or is it from... Um... It's from Khans Block. Yeah, I okay. I, I don't remember which set, but it's from Constar Cube. Whatever. Um, but for me, it's new because it's reprinted in uh, Brothers War. Things like Wormcoil Engine is a new card for me because it's, it's part of the Retroframe uh, retro stuff that's in the Brothers War supplemental whatever. Um, and then also at the same, not at the same time, maybe like just recently we got the 
historic anthologies two, or sorry, explore anthologies two, which gave us access to, um, course of Crucifix. Sorry, what'd was you say? It, was that the one that Supreme Verdict and Chalice to the Void was in, or was that the first one? That I think it was the first one. Um, but uh, but yeah, Chalice to the Void okay. was there. It's not in my queue, but in this one, it was course of Crucifix that's in there. And now I have Moodle Vault in my in my queue. I also have. Um, I opted to not put Nykthos in there just because I don't have a whole lot of monocolor stuff in my cube. Yeah, I feel like that's a or, tough or, or one to stuff. Yeah, that's really tough to put into a cube. I think that would be that would take a lot of design space to try to f- make that archetype because you have to make like four archetypes for that or five. Yeah, or at least three. You have to have at least like three decent devotion decks that you can build. I imagine that would be a pain to design. Yeah, uh, but I I do have Fire Impulse in here. I do have Mana Confluence in here, which are all stuff that maybe other cubes already have. But for me, it's new content. So that yeah. that this, this is how I've been up, upgrading my cube over time. Um, what's this? The uh, Idol on of the Great Revel Two, things like that. That is super cool. That uh, with a with an arena style cube is first off you get to introduce people to these cards and maybe just play arena or if your yeah. friends only play arena or mostly play in arena, um, they're familiar with all the cards. Uh, exactly. so that's, that's super great. Um, and the other thing is, so like a cube gets updated, like the vintage cube or the modern cube, or like they do multiple different cubes on magic online. They have a legacy cube. They do every once in a while. Um, and they update them with new cards that come out, but your cube only not gets to update it with new cards that come out, but cards from, Older sets that get reprinted or something like that become available in your cube. And I think that's super unique. Um, I think in, Arena, in itself. Yeah, I, I think Arena, or I know Arena's getting like a Shadows over Innistrad uh, remaster, which is Shadows and um, whatever the other set is. I don't remember what that um, Innistrad block is. It the, is it the whole block that's getting done i don't pay too much attention i literally had uh, this in front of me a minute ago um boo, boo, boo. where is this thing oh eldritch moon oh yeah yeah i know it's getting i, I know that re- whole set is going to get remastered and re-released on arena or i guess released for the first time but it's it's something that everyone already knows is a thing in paper and thing in online but i think that product is releasing second quarter on arena so okay, i would guess have, like april or may do you have esper sentinel in your cube yes sweet i love esper sentinel i've owned yep. seven or eight of them i bought my playset rather quickly when i first started playing again because i thought that card was cool and i've opened four of them i think because i can't stop buying modern horizon two packs when i see them i did one mh2 draft with a buddy of mine um he like six other buddies so it was literally a full pot of eight and I didn't even really know the card existed. So I just, and I think at the time I was already kind of a uh, uh, Artifact Matters Azorius build. So now it's like, you know, if I pack three, pick one. And I'm like, oh, this little dork looks cool. And I took it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know it was like, I think it's like still 20 bucks. It's like a 25, 30 card here. I'll put it up real quick. Nice. But like, yeah. for example, that card, if you were to open it in, in my cube and if you were to get, you know, to I would remind you that like everything here is on Arena, but this is a Modern Horizons two card. Why is it on Arena? It's not an Arena. Actually, it is, and that sort of 
chance to rediscover cards in that sense is like, oh, I can build this on Arena? That's cool. Um, I, you know, Mana War, too, is like, it's just a common card. I'm literally looking at my cube on uh, Cube Cobra. Um, you know, Phyrexian Obliterator. Yes, it's going to get reprinted in uh, All Will Be One, but it's still on Arena right now through an, an anthology's release somehow, some way. Tireless Tracker, too. I mean, that's going to, you know, th- these things are on Arena, and I just think it's cool to, 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 to play with them, I guess, play Arena in paper. Yeah, no, it's super cool, and it kind of fixes... Um, another thing that gets talked about online, there's a lot of alchemy haters. Um, yep. I'm not that far away from being an alchemy hater, to uh, be honest with you. I, I have no problem with alchemy existing as itself. I just hate the fact that you can't play historic without alchemy cards. I think it's the biggest. I think it's the biggest complaint that people have. Yeah, like because like I have cards from when I used to play on there, and there, there's decks I'd want to play, um, and you just can't. And that's like we won't get into the problems with the arena economy, but like that's some of the just feel bad. Like um, lightning bolt is a rare. Uh, feels bad because of the way the economy system set up, stuff like that. But to invest in a historic deck that I can't play in paper, like that was always the cool part. It was the eternal format on there. Um, yeah, and it's it's not anymore. I mean, it is, but but it's not. And yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the cool thing about older formats is to a point is, you know, you get these pet cards when you've been playing for long enough and you have a nostalgia factor of playing with them. And like, I don't want to play Teferi as a four mana planeswalker. If I play Teferi, I want to play him as a three mana planeswalker with really good abilities because he's busted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, and, and if he's not healthy for the format, just ban him. Like, it's fine. But they need to do something other than historic and i hope eventually when pioneer gets on there it will replace it and it seems like that's coming at a decent rate well um, i mean it's there is there's historic which is your digital and, and alchemy card or yeah digital cards and then you still you still have explorer which is separate from historic yeah it's pioneer light I, yeah uh, I play, exactly I, I played a decent amount of explorer and then they banned my girlfriend winota on there ah uh, yes I, I I didn't just because I didn't feel like like I pay for a uh, rental subscription uh, for through Magic Online so I can just oh, right. whatever Pioneer deck I want and I was like I don't want to spend like fifty dollars trying to get the rares to get another deck built because I have to build a mana base because I didn't play the set where these lands came out um, so I kind of but I do think I do like Explorer being on there and as that becomes more open I hope it kind of fills that void um, and. Some players play historic. A lot of some pros play historic and say it's really fun. And like, that's great. Like, I have more power to them. I don't have a problem with it existing. I just wish they left something for more of the paper purist, I guess. You know, digital games. Um, the first time I saw Alchemy, to be honest with you, my exact response was if I wanted to play Hearthstone, I'd go play Hearthstone again. Yeah, um, that's what everyone said. Like, yeah, like that's just kind of what it felt like. Um, it wasn't super unique and different than anything we've seen before. And like, I'm fine with it existing. I'm not one of those people that like alchemy needs to end. I just wish they would have thought, and I feel really bad for all the people that like were heavily invested in Explorer or not Explorer, excuse me, but historic 
and then really got turned off by this digital aspect because it adds a whole new uh, level of RNG to the game. You know, mm-hmm. when you're shuffling cards into your deck and stuff like that. And uh, the biggest thing that bugged me too is Historic Brawl. That is the one way it affected me is you play with balanced or the, the quote unquote balanced cards in Historic Brawl. You don't have the... any idea how much I struggled with Historic Brawl as a tournament organizer. Yeah, that was I... a nightmare. And not because of the players. Our players were great. I had so much beef with Arena itself because like you can queue in brawl against a random person and you're going to be you're going to end up playing with the rebalanced cards. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care about that. However, if you're going to do a direct challenge with someone, there is no direct challenge for historic there at least at a time, I don't know about now, there was no option to do a historic brawl challenge. It was just brawl. And brawl also was standard and standard I, brawl did not use any digitally rebalanced cards. So if you were to challenge a friend with it, it will continuously say a deck error because your deck that you used to queue with is yeah, now couldn't. illegal because you have rebalanced cards in there. I had that same issue because I play. Uh, oh my god! All runs epiphany, and so yes. I had to like copy my deck and like make a change. I dealt with the exact issue you're talking about. And uh, I, I guess we can touch about this a little bit. I dealt um, with it 90 people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, certain things about Arena blows my mind. Um, and a lot of people, like, immediately say no to Magic Online. They're like, it looks ugly, is, like, their response. Um, a, Magic Online makes you tap your own lands, and I appreciate that. That is yep. a big part of the game. And also, Magic Arena's tapped my lands wrong before, and I've wanted to pull my hair out. Um, and it's a pain to tap it on my phone, so I understand why it's there, but it bugs me. But second off, Magic Online has a chat feature and a spectator mode, and yeah. it it looks like my like it looks like Excel spreadsheet with cards. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but they managed to have those on there for as long as I can remember. That's been part of Magic uh, Magic Online, and yeah. I, I don't understand why it's not an arena yet. I'm not a programmer. I don't know how hard it is. Maybe it's really complicated. I'm sure making it also compatible with cell phones adds a whole new leather, uh, new level of complication to it. But spectator re- mode and chat options was I literally I think uh, part of Magic Online since day one. Um, why is it not on arena? I don't know. I would love spectator mode. Chat not so much. I I, I, can, I can deal without chat because there's a lot of salty, a lot of casual players on there who just like will talk I'd a rather, lot. Of I'd, I'd rather there be chat than emotes in like every game because a you don't know if the other guy's taunting you or not, or or gal I should say um, mm-hmm. you don't know if they're taunt, taunting you or not. But also when the other person can talk back to you. Like I've had like like I play on Magic Online quite a bit. Sometimes I'm salty. I lost a game. I got I had ran really bad playing online last night, and I just like messaged in the chat. I was just like, I can only draw lands. I've gotten outplayed this game. And it wasn't <laughs> like insulting my opponent. Like I was just uh, exasperated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And I've had I've had moments where uh, I was playing vintage against a guy, and he 
Gitaxian probed me. Mm-hmm. The only land I had in my hand was a, a fetch land. Um, I had like fetch land, ancestral recall, some other busted stuff, whatever. It's vintage. And so then he plays Pithy Needle. Naming I had a feeling you were going to say Needle. <laughs> and so I messaged in the chat box. I was like, man, that was a pretty cute play there. And he thought I was insulting. He's like, well, I thought it was the best play. And I said, no, it was a great play. Like, I'm not. I said, I didn't mean that to sound offensive. You know, I wasn't trying to be that way. And then the guy ended up adding me on Discord and, like, shared his deck list with me. And I sent mine. And we had a whole conversation. You know, uh, I think we worry all the time because of these keyboard warriors that chat would ruin things. But I really think long term, it would be good for the game. Overall, Yes, I agree that it would be healthy, but I do see the need for Arena to have. If Wizards is listening to this, sign me up for Wiz- for for Arena to have moderators in Arena. I'll be the first in line. I'll you know camp out in a tent for like a, a month ahead of time if I could be there. Maybe not in a month. That's a long time, especially in uh, Seattle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I. I it, if you're going to have chat, you would need to have moderation. You you need to have the ability to, to literally mute people, to kick people offline. That sounds a little fun. <laughs> like um, Facebook all over again. At oh, least yeah. I just have the ability to, like, report people. You know, like, yeah. hey, this person, and they should be able to open that all up. Like, obviously, this person was saying racist things. You can't say racist things. A magic online, if you type something that is implied a swear word it just stars it automatically like i think uh like on like a magic online yeah, i'm pretty sure if you type lmao it just shows up as star 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 really because yeah you can't they say program, okay because the, i mean the a is a swear word i suppose you're an a-hole yeah like like um so anything that has to do with that They've just have it programmed in. Let's just start out. What if you say like Butterfinger? But it no, take butter... out butt. <laughs> no, like I think that would probably fine. I don't even know. <laughs> butt's one of the words, but like just like your major swear words, like automatically get processed out. And if like yeah. you can do that on Magic Online, and you did it on Magic Online for like twenty five years, like you could port this over to Arena. And I also think it'd help a lot of the older players, you know, like me and Josh, who or don't like playing on arena stuff like that would make us want to be on it more. I think. Yeah, I do. I do believe that arena should have a, a bigger social aspect to it uh, than it currently is. Cause right now it's practically not, I would say non-existent e- emails don't really mean anything. Like I, I, when I connect with a match with an opponent, you have your, you know, your avatar versus their avatar and you have the names on the bottom and then you go into your opening hand. That's the only time I look at the player's name right there under the little avatar and beyond that i immediately forget who it is even though it's now in the top uh top left corner i don't I, care because the, the name doesn't mean anything anymore it's meaningless right. but maybe down the road i do believe that like the arena devs have it on a list of things that they will want to do but it's everything feels like it's just a low priority Again, like mobile compatibility, I feel like probably holds up a lot of this because like Hearthstone also doesn't have a lot of those things as spectator mode. Um, and I think you can only chat with friends. You can't chat in game. Uh, I, I know that's a fact or that's how it used to be because someone would add you afterwards, talk mm-hmm. a bunch of crap and then delete you. 
so you could talk back to them. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, that happened from time to time. What it was a, a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. So, well, I'll be honest with you, man. This has been really fun having you on. Uh, this probably won't be the last time we'll have you on. We'll definitely be talking about whatever tournament we decide to talk about in the future. Uh, however you yeah. want to set that up. And we'll talk about that off air a little bit. Okay. But um, where can people find you, like social media wise, uh, your podcast? Where can people connect with you and follow where these tournaments are going to show up? So my name is, as you said, my name is Onik, O N N I K. Um, my last name, there's literally like 13 of me in the world, probably, actually probably less. I could probably just count it right now. Um, but my, I'll, spell, I'll spell out my last name. I-S-L-I-K-A-P-L-A-N. Isla Kaplan. It's Armenian last name that I went through a history of changes because of the Armenian genocide and whatever. I don't have to get onto all that. Um, but it's my last name for my Twitter. If you have my last name, you can find me on Facebook. You, If you go to cubecobra.com and put in my last name, you can find my cube. Um, like my name is kind of who I am. Same thing on Arena. Uh, my username is, is is my last name, Isla Kaplan. Pound seven oh nine seven one. You're the only person that yeah. knows the number after your Arena name. Okay, the only one. Just just so you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I mean, probably other people have like an easier five digits or something. But yeah, that's yeah seven oh nine seven one. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me all over the place um i do have my own podcast which is more aimed to like a casual community uh it is called the cryptic commander uh with the host with my uh, other uh, co-host john nose um yeah like like i said you can add me on twitter but i'm really not there too often but i'm i'm kind of all over the place on facebook uh just go into any facebook group say something kind of controversial he will and show up imagine, in the comments and correct uh, you a magic me, group. Yeah. A magic group, yeah. Say, say something controversial, a magic group, and he will be there. You can find him that way. It's like uh, it's like saying a name into a mirror three times. That's how you get Onique to appear. You, oh, just, yeah. go, you just go into a Facebook mag, a magic Facebook group and post something controversial and let someone post something stupid. So Yeah. I'm in well, a beginner's group. I'm in the, I guess, the main group, quote-unquote main group. I think I... Oh, let me take a peek real yeah, the quick. Big, yeah, this group has where is the amount of members um oh, a bajillion oh. uh almost <laughs> almost sixty nine thousand members nice nice that one has sixty nine thousand members a beginners group that i'm in has uh just now recently over twenty thousand members and then the other one sounds like stuff browns players say has about oh that's not it or is it i think it has maybe like two thousand but that's a private group yeah Anyways, you can find me at Twitter at Play to Your Outs, all spelled out. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TOFA Podcast. If you want to email us, uh, our email is at TOFA Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, and we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you guys celebrate. I'll talk to you then. See you guys.